This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. There's only one. There's only one pod in the Motor City that's keeping you up to date on everything Detroit sports. This is The Daily Ticket with your host, Jeff Rieger. What's going on? Jeff Rieger, another episode of the Daily Ticket. This one for Tuesday, October 3rd. The weather's gorgeous, by the way, outside. I know I'm inside currently, but it's early October. Halloween mood is coming to us, and it's 80 degrees. Don't ever go away, Mother Nature, please. Next week, it's supposed to get down in the 50s, but then we make the rebound back to the 60s. I got three to four more weeks of golf in me. I think we all do. Enjoy this weather. It is phenomenal. I went for a run yesterday, 86 degrees outside. Oh, my goodness. It was amazing. Please, don't go away. Don't go away. I want to hold on to the fall and the summer for just a little bit longer. But enough of me just talking. Let's get into it, shall we? Because I've noticed something about myself. And I never wanted to be this person, but I think I've turned into this person. Let me explain. I hate people that move the goalposts. I hate people that say on a Tuesday something's going to be good enough, but then Wednesday comes around and it's not good enough anymore. I don't like people like that. And I'm about to do exactly just that because I know yesterday we talked about Miggy and the farewell celebration. And Lions fans just being amazing. But today, I wanted to talk about football over the weekend. Because when the Lions don't play, you get a chance to sit back and watch other teams, especially in your conference and especially in your division. And you know what I've come to the realization on? The Lions are freaking good. Like, really, really good. I think they're a top three team, maybe four team in the NFC. I think the Niners are, without a doubt, the best team in the conference. Then you go Philly, who still looks a little questionable. Then I think it's Dallas and Detroit, or Detroit and Dallas, however you want to let it fall. Those four teams are the best team in the NFC. Knowing that, seeing how the Lions have played, I officially, on October 3rd, I'm moving the goalposts. I'm raising my expectations. I am no longer satisfied with what I was originally satisfied with. If you would have asked me at the start of the season, hey, Rieger, if the Lions won the division, would have been their first division crown since 93, get your home playoff game, would you be satisfied with that? I would have said, F yes. Hell yes. Are you kidding me? Give it to me right now. Lock it in stone. I'm I'm done with it. Now I want to raise my expectations. I want to. Move the goalpost. Because I have some stats that I wanted to throw your way. In addition to watching other teams in the NFC, in addition to the Lions remaining schedule right now on October 3rd, 
This is going to sound greedy, but damn it, Lions fans deserve to be greedy. I'm no longer satisfied with just winning the division. This division's yours. I want to get a first-round buy. And if I can't get a first-round buy in the NFC, I want to get the second seed, meaning the playoffs go through Detroit until you reach the NFC title game against the one seed. And if they get knocked out, then the playoffs go through Detroit. I think the Lions are that good. I think the conference is that weak. I have officially moved the goalpost. Like, they do this all the time with Michigan football, I feel. What was cool last week, what was fun and acceptable and great last week, it always changes the next week. They're always doing that. So I'm doing it with Lions football. And I'm asking you, can I? Is this bad form? Because I'm actually asking you to do the same damn thing. Let me run through some of these stats. And it starts with the run defense. The run defense has been unbelievable. Now, some of these stats come from Mike Payton. I follow him on social media. He writes for A to Z Sports. And he really dove into the Lions' rush defense, which, by the way, is on a historical pace to be great. He does a comparison. The Lions' defense as a whole has allowed 1,122 yards. 83 points that through four games this season. They took on the Chiefs, Seahawks, Falcons, and the Packers. That's the fourth best in total yards in the NFL. That's the 12th best in total points. Pretty amazing turnaround, correct? Through four games last year, they gave up 657 more yards and 58 more points. Huh? 657 more yards last year they gave up and 58 more points. Like, are you kidding me? Those games, by the way, were against Philly, Washington, Minnesota, and Seattle. And then we get to the run defense. This banner right here. Mike points out that the Lions are on the verge of a historical start as far as the rush defense is concerned. Lions have allowed 662 rushing yards in four games Last season, that was a 113th worst start in the Super Bowl era. Let me repeat that. Last year, through the first four games of the season, the Lions gave up 662 rush yards. That was the 113th worst start of the Super Bowl era. That's pathetic. This year, four games, different defense, upgraded defense. The Lions have given up 243 rush yards. That's 419 less yards they've given up on the ground. Think about that. And I just told you that last year, 662 rush yards, that was the 113th worst start of the Super Bowl era. They are off to the 27th best start of the Super Bowl era. 243 yards rushing. That's all they've given up. And by the way, they've given it up against some pretty good running backs. Look who they stopped. Isaiah Pacheco, Chiefs. K-9, Seattle. Bijan Robinson, Atlanta. And Aaron Jones. They held Pacheco to 23 yards on the ground. It's a 1,000-yard rusher right there. They held Kenneth Walker the third to 43 on the ground on 17 carries. 
They did a tremendous job on Bijan Robinson, 33 yards and just 10 carries. And they shut down Aaron Jones, five carries, 18 yards. He was coming back from an injury, though. Mike, are you kidding me how good this rush defense has been? It's been out of this world. It's been historically good. And even if you go back further to last year, after they fired Aubrey Pleasance, all they did was stop the run. Pretty amazing. Very amazing. This Lions run defense is just outstanding. But I know what you're thinking. What about the pass, right? What about the pass? They must be getting shredded in the air. They're middle of the pack in the pass. Lions are 15th in the league and giving up yards through the air. They've given up 879 yards. 879 yards through four games. Last season, through four games, they gave up 1,117 yards. So last season, they gave up 238 more yards in the air. Progress. And let's not forget, the Lions revamped their secondary without a doubt, but they lost C.J. Garner-Johnson. They still haven't seen Emmanuel Mosley play. So you got a middle-of-the-pack pass defense. You got the best run defense in football, and you add that to a top 6-7 offense. Like, yes, raise your expectations. Give me the buy in the NFC. But I got more. I give you more people. What about DVOA? It's an efficiency stat. Everybody loves it. It calculates a team success based on down and distance on each play during the season. People use it to predict season records. Anyway, the Lions, if you buy into DVOA, have the third best DVOA in football, the fifth best in offense, the fifth best in defense. So two top 10 units. How about that? And then how about some of the individuals on this team through four games? Jared Goff has the seventh most passing yards in football. David Montgomery has the 11th most rushing yards, and he's missed the game. Amon Ross St. Brown has the 10th most receiving yards in football. He's been hurt too. Detroit has the eighth most yards offensively in the game. Top eight unit in yards total. They've allowed the fourth least amount of yards in the game. They have the best rushing defense in football. They're giving up just 60.8 yards per game. And by the way, they get JMO back next week against Carolina. We're going to hit on JMO later in the week in the podcast. How about that? And then you get to the schedule. Like people, the rush defense is awesome. The defense as a whole is so much improved. The DVOA, which we just told you, is top six, top five in football. We just told you about some of the guys that lead the league in various categories, or at least are top five, six, seven in the league. And then get to the schedule. The schedule's a joke. It's like Michigan football. We said there's four dominant teams in the NFC. The Niners are the best. Eagles are probably the second best. Then you go Cowboys or Lions or Lions and Cowboys, correct? Fair? Okay, good. The Cowboys and Eagles got to play each other twice. They're going to knock each other out. Somebody's going to lose. That team gets knocked down. They're not getting the first round by. San Francisco looks to be the best team in football, and I'm not going to lie to you. You just have to hope that they trip up, okay? You got to hope that they trip up because they're that good. But look at the Lions' schedule. They get to play the Bears twice, they're 0-4. They get to play the Vikings twice, they're 1-3. and 3. 
they get to play the Packers one more time, and they dominate Green Bay. They beat them four times in a row, and that next game happens to be at Ford Field, someplace the Lions happen to be very good at. I did the math. The Lions' remaining schedule, the teams they play, are 19 and 32. Now, that's going to change, obviously, but it brings up my point that the NFC stinks and the Lions are good. And I'm raising my expectations. I'm moving the goalposts. The Lions, I'm no longer satisfied with them winning the NFC North. Don't get me wrong. If they just win the NFC North, they got to be happy about it because it's been forever, 2016, since they made the playoffs. But I want more. I'm going to get greedy. We deserve to get greedy. Go get the first round by. Every game on your schedule is winnable. Yeah, you got to go to Tampa Bay. That game, by the way, just got flexed to 425. Yeah, you got to go to Baltimore. Sure. You got to play the Cowboys, too, late in the season. I don't care. This is a good football team. Their offensive line wears everybody down. They've already won in the two toughest places to play in football, Lambeau and Arrowhead. I'm no longer satisfied with just the divisional crown. Go win a playoff game. Go get the first round by. Or at least the second round by. So I ask you. Comment section below. Do I have the right to say that? Do I sound stupid? I usually do. Is it foolish to expect more? Give me more. I've moved the goalpost. Are you with me? Everything I just shared with you, how good the Lions have been through four games, how good they happen to be in the NFL as a whole. I'm no longer satisfied with just winning the division. I need more. And I understand it sounds greedy and selfish. And I don't care. So what about you? Comment section below. Let me know. Let's get to some comments. If you ever listen or watch The Daily Ticket, we appreciate you. Please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Watch it on YouTube as well. But I always read a good and a bad comment. Here's the good comment. Jeff, these videos are getting really good. They make more and more sense every day. Keep up the good work and you should probably shave your head. That took a weird turn. The light hits your scalp weird and you look really bald. How many times do people have to comment on my nose or my hair? I just don't get it. Leave me alone. Just leave me alone. But thanks for the tip. Here's the bad comment. Another bad comment. It's usually towards me. It usually rips on me. But the bad comment today is I'm going to rip on some people myself. Because I just did a radio show. You would not believe how many people are trashing the Miguel Cabrera perfect celebration. We talked about it yesterday in the podcast. Miggy at first base by himself. The ball gets hit to him by Stephen Kwan. The crowd shares. It was chill-inducing. It was amazing. But now, today, some people and even some radio shows are like, you know what? Miggy wasn't that good. Last six years of his career stunk. He had some demons. He had some character issues. I mean, don't we all? I don't understand why people would pick today to start ripping on Miguel Cabrera. Like the last six years, you could rip on him. We told you yesterday, a collective 64 homers in the last six seasons of baseball. Like you could rip on him if you want. You could think he never deserved a roster spot. You could be upset with him taking all the 30 million a season, even though you would have done the same thing. But why are you doing it today? You had six years to rip on him. But the thing that gets me, the thing that gets me is acting like a guy in his 40s should not decline. 
acting like a guy that gets what he got, which was an awesome send-off. Doesn't deserve it because he had six bad seasons. Do you realize his first 13 seasons were freaking amazing? He had, on average, like 1,000 OPS, 30 bombs, 100 RBI. He was one of the most feared hitters in all of baseball, one of the greatest right-handed hitters of all time. And he's not alone. When you break down, you break down. Derek Jeter wasn't the same when he finally retired. Nope. Tony Gwen, the greatest hitter of all time, his last four seasons stunk. Mike Schmidt, Hall of Famer, fabulous third baseman, last two seasons, stunk. Rafael Palmero, he might have cheated, took steroids, last five seasons, stunk. But what about Ken Griffey Jr.? Griff, one of the greatest baseball players we've ever seen, one of the prettiest left-handed swings I've ever seen in my life. His last seven seasons were not good. So for all the people to trash Miguel Cabrera because his last six seasons were in decline, he's 40. Was he in the best shape? No. Did he have injuries? Yes. But my God, just enjoy what he gave you, people. Enjoy it. Because there'll never be another one. So the bad comment today goes to all the people trashing Miggy a day after his celebration. There you go, the Daily Ticket. We will catch you tomorrow on a Wednesday on the Daily Ticket. Fun as always. Like, subscribe, rate, review. Bye, everybody.